0: Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. I hope the Word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the Word. So turn with me to 2 Chronicles 32, verse 2. And as you're turning there, I am entitling this message, Victory Through Crisis. Victory through crisis. I'm not sure how many else are out there that can relate to some of the things that we've gone through in the last years, but Pastor Josh and I have gone through a lot of ups and downs. Many of us through this season of COVID and mandates and closed doors, open doors, vaccines, masks, Hawaii is in the thick of it. I am free up here and I am free indeed. Come on. But you know, Hawaii, we have got mandates after mandates. We have an oppression that of control that is trying to grip our state and Pastor, Josh and I said we will not bow our knee we will not bow our knee to control to manipulation and to fear and we have had to be on the front lines to contend through the crisis that we've seen in our islands though those that have pulled back the pastors that have quit the pastors that have died staff reshuffling people that have hurt us we've had more deaths in this year than we've had in 20 years of ministry. Every weekend we had a funeral. Our calendars were filled with funerals. But one thing Pastor Josh and I have always said to each other, we say, baby, no matter how hard it gets, we're going to pass the test. We're going to pass the test. That is one of our mottos that whatever the enemy tries to bring, we're going to pass the test. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to pass the test. I'm not going to give in to the enemy. And though it, you know, and even in Matthew 24, 6, it says there will be wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. We cannot be alarmed what is happening in our nation, in our world. Actually, it gets me really excited because I feel like this is our hour to shine. This is our moment to arise as a people that we don't need to shrink back. But this is like, okay. I was born for this. Look at your neighbor and say, I was born for this. So let's jump into the text right now. Let's read 2 Chronicles 32. And we're going to look at the life of Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. When Hezekiah saw that Sonarab had come and that he had intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and the military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city. And they helped him. They gathered a large group of people who blocked all the springs and the streams that flowed through the land. Why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water? They said, then they worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside that one and reinforced the terraces of the city of David. He also made large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. I love this part. Verse seven, be strong. And courageous. Do not be afraid. Does that sound familiar, Joshua? I think the Lord spoke that to Joshua. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with... I think we need to say that again. Come on. There is a greater power with us than with him. With him, he is only arm of flesh... But with us is the Lord of God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gain confidence for what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to fill this house with your presence. Lord, may the words that come out of my mouth be the very words that need every heart needs to hear. Open the ears and open, Lord God, the understanding. God, as the revelation comes, may it be split hundreds of different ways. God, not to just be a word that tickles the ear, but transforms the heart and brings action to every life. God, that this church would be changed, transformed, God, and set up for the next season that you have for them. The Lord says this is setting you up for the next season that God says he's about ready to bring you into. So heed the word of the Lord. Get your notes out. Get your highlighter out because as I speak, the Lord says I will speak to you personally and corporately in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! You know, it's, it's every time I come after prophes- people getting prophesied over worship like that, you know, I just get stirred up. Here we go. So I want to give you a little bit of history of King Hezekiah. An amazing story. You see it through 2 Kings, through a few chapters, Second Chronicles, even Isaiah. I would challenge you to go read about King Hezekiah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years. The interesting thing is his father Ahaz was a wicked wicked king. So wicked that he were they worshiped idols. They sacrificed babies. They closed the doors to the temple and many many other things. And here is this man Hezekiah as a young man. So I'm going to talk to all of you young people out there. Don't you think you have to wait till you get older to do something great for God. I started when I was young because I had youth pastors like this. I had mentors like this that told me every time I was in a situation that I didn't think I could go through, they said, you can do it. You got to call a God on your life. Come on. One thing I love about Hezekiah is his mother, his mother, even her name meant looking to father God. And I believe that even when there's wickedness in your home, even if some of you women are here and your husbands are not serving the Lord, that as a mom, you can make a difference. And even I'm sure at the young age, that even though his father was killing children and maybe even siblings and offering up idols and and worship to false idols, that God was doing something in Hezekiah. Do not lose heart, men and women of God, what you see happening around in our nation. God is raising up Hezekiahs in this hour he's raising up in moms and dads as you pour into your children watch what God will begin to do when he became king it was one of the hardest times because he had enemies above and enemies below everyone was getting taken by the Assyrians and here he is in a mess politically economically and spiritually but he was known as one of the greatest kings of all time And God began to move. And I want to talk to you tonight. And I'm going to break this story down a little bit more. But I want to talk to you on how do we lead through crisis? How do you lead in your home? How do you lead in your business, your community? How do we lead as church leaders through crisis? I want to give you four keys to victory through crisis. How many of you need some keys? How many of you have been through some crisis? You've been through some highs and lows. Well, then this word is for you. The first thing I want to talk about is worship. Write this down. And we've already been talking about it. I love how the prophets, it all all, this, all the sermons kind of flow and ebb and flow together. And no, we don't go up in the back room and say, what are you talking about, Pastor Bruno? Okay, I'll add to that and I'll add to that. You know, we come really seeking God for a word for you. See, Hezekiah reestablished worship, not just worship, but corporate worship. The doors of the temple were shut, and yet he called back the priests, and he called them back and says, open up the temple. Does it sound familiar that this past couple of years that the churches have been tried to be shut and closed down and barred? And yet the Lord is saying that as we come together in corporate worship, don't ever underestimate the worship. You coming to this house. You coming and lifting holy hands to the Lord. Because I'm telling you, worship begins to usher in a sweet fragrance to the Lord. Just like tonight, as you worship him, the glory of the Lord begins to fall but in their worship they had to overthrow the false worship he came in and cleansed the temple he removed the idols and tore down the high things even in our lives men and women of God we've got to look what are those things that we are worshiping what are those high places in our life what are we looking to you know I know fear and worry can be a high thing in your life money can be a high thing in your life you know even a oh, I don't even know why I'm going to say this, but I feel it. Some of you, you've made your prodigal children a high thing in your life. You've got to be careful that even in something that seems so good, yes, pray for them. But if the fear and the worry and the anxiety grips you and keeps you from moving forward, that can be a high thing in your life. Hezekiah created, came to the Lord and created a new covenant. He says, forgive us of our past. Forgive us of the sins of the past. And he even reestablished a blood sacrifice. They had stopped doing everything. As a matter of fact, they started worshiping the pole that Moses built with the serpent on it. They started worshiping that instead of the living God. And they began to bring in things. And he says, tear it all down. Get rid of all of it. Don't. Take lightly, light, lightly the precious blood of Jesus. I tell people every time we take communion, I say I always, I always try to make it like it is the very first time I'm ever taking communion. Because we can take it lightly. But the Lord is stirring something in us of the seriousness of not only reopening the temple, but coming in with worship, with hands lifted high. Through the restoration of worship came revival to the people as he established that but the second thing not just worship where he removed the worship of idols and brought back covenant and cleansed the temple and came back to God but the second thing I want you to look at is the walls as I read the scripture above we see how in this moment the king of Assyria is coming in and he's basically saying he sends his like chief guy and he's like okay go tell him we're basically going to come in wipe you out we're gonna knock everything down we're gonna take all your men your women, women and children we're gonna do everything now you know just 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 make it easy on us pretty much isn't that how, how the devil is he comes in so cocky he comes in like he's just already got you wrapped around his finger and here Hezekiah is like oh my gosh what am I gonna do what am I gonna do well come on This is what Hezekiah does. He says, let's start building the walls. Let's start reframing and repairing those broken places. Can I tell you what I feel like the Lord is speaking tonight? Is that many of us, the enemy wants to come. And you know what? He can because we have broken places in our walls. And in our lives, the places of our hearts. See, some of us, we want more of God, but there's places that are broken. There's walls, there's gaps, there's things where if the enemy wanted to come in, he could come in. Whether it be offense, whether it be even, um, you know, looking back at your past and not being able to move forward. Maybe it's sin, whatever it is. I believe that God wants to bring a strengthening to the walls of your life. Why? It's because you've got to see that the enemy wants to come and still kill and destroy. He's not out to just let it be easy for you. He is out to kick you when you're down and you're out. And see, see, Hezekiah was like, oh my goodness, we, this kingdom is in disarray. My father left it in disarray, but I need to make some choices. I need to do some things. You know, even this past year, Pastor Josh and I, we we've been married almost 20 years, which is awesome, in August. And, you know, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit nudged me this year. He, you know, there was so much pressure we were carrying. There were so many situations. I mean, every day, if it wasn't one thing, it was another. It was, it was a lot of strain on us, a lot of strain in general. We were weary. We were tired. And I felt like the Lord says, you, you, you need to take some time to go get some counseling. And in 20 years, we had never, we've always counseled people. And I felt like the Lord says, you need to be on the offensive instead of the defensive. Meaning, uh, don't wait till you're in crisis mode to get counseling. Go now so you can expose the cracks in the wall. Where you can see where there's mindsets that don't line up. Where there's heart issues that you've just, you've just thrown a towel over. You've thrown a blanket over your whole life. Kind of just pushing it to the side. But the Lord says, let me reveal those places because I want to heal those places. See, when crisis comes, like all of us know here in Alaska, it shows the weak places, like Pastor Josh says. So I encourage you, don't just wait till a crisis happens to reveal the cracks in your life. Begin to ask God, what are those areas that I need to fix? What are the offenses and the mindsets and the habits and the things that draw me away from you? But I also love that he built towers, that he recognized that he had to build and he had to see something differently. You know, when you're on a tower, you begin to see things from a different point of view. I believe in our lives as we build in our lives and you have a strong foundation, you're going to begin to see things. You're going to see even before the enemy comes, you're going to see what his plan is. Do you know that that is part of being a man and woman of God, that he gives us prophetic insight to see even before it happens that you have an inkling that you have a knowing that you can begin to pray that you can begin to say oh no I'm not letting the enemy in in my life in this area so not only do we need to reestablish worship the right kind of worship in our lives where we put him first but we also need to build strong walls walls of protection around your family around your children what are we listening to what are we watching on our iPhones and playing with and dabbling in these are things that can be cracks that can let the enemy right into your home We take it so lightly. I mean, Pastor Josh says this all the time. It's like like the the church's standard is here, and the world is here. But over the years, the world has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And what the church does is it just kind of moves. It stays this far from the world, but it's like we're moving with the world. And so where we were here, now we're here, we think it's all a okay. But it's not. God has called us to live at a higher standard. He's called us to grow. He's called us to be different. But thirdly, he's called us to be warriors. So not only worship, but not only build strong walls around your life and your heart, but also we are called to be warriors. In 2 Chronicles 32, 6, it says, he also made large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people assembled, them before him in the square. And see, here you see that we have got to be fashioned for war. If anything that I can tell you of this last year it's been warfare it's been warfare and you know what we've had to do we've had to press into prayer we've had to press into seeking God we've had to say God I don't want to hear what's going on out there I want to hear what you are saying right here I see a congregation of warriors of weapon holding okay come on you're you got your weapon my husband he loves coming up to Alaska he likes getting his weapons. He bought my son his first little knife, which was a little scary because he's like, We're trying to. I'm a whoa now, all right? But there's something about having a weapon because you know that if anything comes up against you, whether a moose or a bear or any kind of crazy person from the boondogs, I don't know. You're ready. Listen, five years ago when I was leaving the prophetic conference, I sat by a true. I don't even know what you call him, Bushman, on the flight back from, from, what do you call him? I mean, he lived off the land, 10, 30, 40 miles out there. No, he told me a story how he fell in the lake and it's only him and his dog. And he told me, I mean, and the smell was there. I was all there. The look was all there. The smell, it was verified mel and he was right next to me but you know i was a nice I, I was very intrigued in his story and he literally said i i went through the ice and i had and i'm like what did you do i was like oh my gosh it's like a movie he's like i had to take off all my clothes and i went like this on the side and then it froze and i had to pull myself out and then i lit up the oh, no no this is serious he's like then i had to take the the, the fire thing or the whatever thing it is and he's like then I lit, lit, lit the whole forest on fire and I ran around like a naked man I was like okay that's enough that's enough <laughs> I'm going to bed I'm closing my eyes putting something over my nose I had enough I had enough no listen that was just the beginning of the stories. that was a six hour flight people pastor listen <laughs> pastor Rob story because he was on that flight. He was on that flight. I had my encounter coming back to warriors. He was a true warrior. Let's just say that. He was a warrior. Actually, you know what? He was a warrior. The Holy Spirit's going to bring this right back around. Here we go. He was prepared in and out of season. This guy could live off the land. This guy could could do whatever. He built his own little, he was a squatter. He goes, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a squatter. I just take it. No one's out there. But you know what? We've got to know that God needs to prepare us. It takes discipline. You're not going to be a warrior. You're not just going to be like, I'm a warrior. You know, warriors come through experience, through going through warfare. You don't become a warrior unless you've gone to war you don't get the medals, you don't get all that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at a lot of people that I know have gone through some war and warfare in their life. And in this season, if you feel in a heightened level of warfare, just raise your hand. What do you think that means? It means, that. oh no, the devil's getting shot. Oh no, no, no. No, no that means oh you better be getting stronger because the days are evil but god's presence has said that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh that his sons and daughters shall prophesy come on there's a raising up of a new level and if you want to be a warrior in this house come on just stand to your feet and give a shout to the lord because i believe that he's preparing you for such a time as this weak i don't want to give up i don't want to shrink back hezekiah took action as a matter of fact oh this next point i just got to go on to the next point are you ready last point what's the first point worship come on it's a new level of worship men and women and, and what i'm saying is you got to replace the idolatry worship with true worship that's what i'm talking about secondly is what walls okay you got to build up walls of protection you've got to be on guard but you also got to be aware of not building walls around your heart against God what's the third thing you got to be warriors this is a season of preparation of discipline of wielding the weapons, what does it say in 2 Corinthians 10? It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means that he's given you spiritual weapons in this season. Let me ask you a question. What is the spiritual weapons that he's giving you? Think about it. What are the spiritual weapons that you need in this season to get through, to get to victory? See, every one of you, it might be a little different. Some of you, it's, it's, it's an increase in prayer. Some of you, it's getting into the word of God like never before and wielding that as your sword. Maybe it's the shield of faith. Your faith has been a little bit weak. Your faith has been a little bit shaken. But the Lord says that you're going to hold up that shield of faith and no fiery arrow is going to come at you. But lastly, waterways. Everyone say waterways. Waterways. I had the great privilege of going to Israel two times, and it, it's, both of them were miracles. God bless me. I won't tell you that story now, but literally, it was a desire in my heart that I had told the Lord, and he gave me a free trip to Israel, and it was the most life-changing trip I ever had, and I cannot wait to go back, and I'm hoping things are lifted and mandates are changed because I want to go there, but there was one thing that we got to do in the city of David. I don't know if Pastor Daniel, if you guys had an opportunity to go, but to Hezekiah's Tunnel. How many of you have heard of Hezekiah's tunnel before? Oh, this is exciting. I get to tell so many people who don't know about it. So you go in the city of David. This is in Jerusalem. And Hezekiah, during this time, decided, I am going to build a waterway, a waterway under the city that in a case that they came under attack, that they would have a water source, and they would not die. They, they closed up all the other streams so that the of uh, the, uh, the enemy armies that came would not have water, but they would have water. They would have a source of life. As a matter of fact, it's 1,750 feet long. A tunnel that curves underneath the city that I got to walk through. And it is absolutely astonishing. And if you get a chance to go to Israel, please make that part of your tour. But to me, these waterways are a symbol spiritually Number one of life, but number two of the Holy Spirit. That we need these waterways in our life. If we are going to get through crisis, if we're going to have victory over the enemy, guess what? You're not going to do it without the water source. That if they could have cut the water source to Jerusalem, they would have gotten the whole city. See, if if the enemy can cut your water source, he can cut your relationship with the Holy Spirit, that open valve from heaven. Guess what? That's where he's got you. That's why these conferences, we call it the power conference, because you're getting a anointed by the power of the holy spirit on your life you need it you can't live without him and if you're doing it you're trying to do it without him you can't you'll run dry see we need to be aware of even the blockages and the pollution that try to come and affect our waterways the spirit of god flowing see there's things that will block the holy spirit There's things that will come to pollute, like the lies of the enemy. Oh, that person doesn't like you. Oh, this this will never be your real church. Oh, they'll never uh, elevate you in leadership. Listen, that's lies. That's lies of the enemy. Oh, your husband's having an affair. You're doing this. Listen, the lies of the enemy. it, It was all the way back in the Garden of Eden. There's nothing new. He keeps doing it. That's his M.O. But he'll pollute, and he'll try to block but if I can encourage you, you've got to draw from the river of life. See, you can make a way, you can make a way, but it was the people had to come and draw from it. They had to daily come and draw from the water, the living water. And I'm telling you, you have to daily make it a discipline to draw from the living water of God. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost. You got to cleanse yourself. You got to start worshiping. You got to say, God, use me. Remove all the junk. Remove all the debris. Remove it all and with the power of your Holy Spirit. See, when you know your purpose and your calling, you know that you can't play around anymore. Get the junk out of there so the Holy Spirit can flow. One of my mottos, and I'm, I'm closing, you can, you, you can go. Hi, you're great. Give it up for Toby. He's awesome, Minister Toby. Come on, give me a high five. He's rocking the pink too. I love it when guys rock pink. I love it, I love it. Okay, sorry. You look the best in pink, honey. Absolutely. True men wear pink, that's for sure. I want to tell you something that I've tried to institute in my life in a way of keeping the waterway clean and flowing. And I say this all the time, my kids will tell you. You got to stay hungry you got to stay humble, and you got to stay holy. I say that all the time because I said, it's like if I can't live those, I I mean, I can preach to a million people, but if I'm not hungry after God, if I lose my hunger, I don't ever want to lose my hunger. You know someone's healthy when they're hungry. It's those that are in the hospital that lose their appetite when something is wrong. If you don't have a hunger for God, something's going on. There might be a blockage. There might be some contamination. You got to stay humble. Don't let pride ease into your life. At the end of Hezekiah's life, he was dying of an illness. And the Lord said, get your house in order. See, it's so easy for pride to come in. He had all these victories and all these wonderful things that happened. But at the end of his life, he got a little cocky. He let people go see all of his treasuries. And he kind of was kind of cocky in the whole thing. And the prophet's like, dude, you're you're going to have your children are going to be taken away. There was a repercussion of the pride so easily that slipped in. Listen, men and women of God, especially leaders, you can have so many victories. But if you come to this point and you let pride slip in... You think all these other victories are going to be like, oh, I have a good record. It's daily. It's daily. It's the daily disciplines. It's the daily surrender. And it's living holy before the Lord. Saying, God, I want to be a pure vessel. Clean hands and a pure heart. If you want to be used by God, you've got to be a holy vessel. Some of you want to be used, but when the Holy Spirit starts pouring in your life, if there's a whole bunch of debris and there's a whole bunch of contamination, guess what's going to start flowing out to the people you're ministering to? That that contamination. That's why we've always, as pastors as leaders, my husband and I, so many times we lay before the Lord because ministry's hard. Offense is real. Backstabbing is real. People that you lay your life down for, then turn their backs. We're going to pass the test. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. So keep the waterway clear. Thank you, Jesus. See, and in that, there's so much more of the story, but I'm going to wrap it up. Guess what God did? With all the intimidation, the fear, the mocking that this Assyrian king did. Guess what Hezekiah did? He went to the prophet and he went to the temple and got on his face before God. He went to the prophet, he went under godly covering, he sought God through the leadership that God had raised up and he went to the temple and laid before God and cried out before the Lord saying this and I'll end with this Isaiah 37:17. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words that this man has sent to ridicule the living God. Is it true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to all these peoples and all their lands? They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. But now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. Why does God want to give you victory in your crisis? Because he is going to get the glory. Is because he is the only one that can deliver you. And that night, God sent an angel of the Lord into that camp, that Assyrian camp, and 185,000 soldiers were dead in an instant. When that king woke up in the morning, his tail was between his legs running back to where he came from. When you do it God's way, when you worship, when you build protective walls, come on, when you surround yourself with people of worship and the waterways and the things that God wants to do, the warriors, when you have a warrior spirit to never give up or never give in, you will have victory. So tonight... Maybe you're out there and you've struggled In this season you've gone through some hard times some crisis some highs and lows there's moments that you're saying god i don't know if i can get through this can i tell you that you serve a supernatural god that in one moment can change the scenario but you need to present your heart pure and holy some of us need to come in repentance tonight some of us need to renew our worship and our commitment some of us need to get our armor back on and get back in the game some of us need to begin to just say god whatever you want to do through my life so with every head bowed and every eye closed all throughout this place let the holy spirit begin to speak and i'm sorry if i went a little too long but i believe that the lord is ministering to each and every heart what is the lord speaking to you tonight what is he saying to you as we all have got to lead through crisis not shrink back not give up but you have called to lead what is God speaking tonight? If you could say, Pastor Shannon, I know that the Lord is speaking in one of those four areas that I need to rise up, that I need to make some adjustments. If that's you, can you just lift your hands tonight? If I can see those hands all over this place, I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so faithful. You're so faithful. Hallelujah. Right now, all over this place, if you could just stand on your feet, just begin to lift your hands. I'm gonna call Pastor Daniel up right now. Just begin to worship. Just begin to seek him right now. He is depositing a fresh word, a fresh download, a fresh waterway of his glory into your life right now. God, I thank you, Lord God, that in this moment, God, that you are moving things, that you're shifting things. God, that you're raising up an army of people. Lord God, that no matter what comes to shake this house, no matter what the enemy tries to do, Lord God, that they will advance like a king Hezekiah, that they will bring down the strong man, that they will come and reopen the temple and listen to you, Lord, and give their hearts fully over to you. So, God, I pray right now raise up warriors in this house, raise up men and women, God, that will not back down. And I just want to say right now, as I close, when you look in Chronicles, it ended when. When Hezekiah opened up the worship and gathered everybody like we gather here. You bring everybody in. They began to worship and something began to happen. Literally revival started breaking out amongst the people. The priests that were put back in their position and the people, they came and they offered sacrifices and they brought. And then it said that when they were sent back home after those days, that they went back and they tore down all their idols and all their high places. And then King Hezekiah said, now come bring an offering. Pastor Daniel, this blew me away. It says that when the the king had said, come bring your offering, that people started bringing more and more and more from their vineyards, from their grain, from their animals. It said that there was heaps, heaps, leftovers. The Lord says that as you get your heart right, as you begin to tear down those high places, I saw a release of provision, supernatural provision, as you come to bring heaps unto the altar, that God says, I'm bringing restoration. I am bringing victory. There is heaps coming into this house, says the Lord. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you.